everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined as I am each and every week by my dear friend, the editor and publisher of thespun.com, the one and only, the great Matt Holatic. Matt, how you doing, friend? I'm doing well, Hondo. Always uh, good to be talking some ball with you. I can't believe we're talking about the playoffs already. Does it not just seem like yesterday we were talking about, thank God it's the start of OTAs? I'm, I'm being completely serious. No, I was on the yeah. airplane. I was on the airplane last night and just, you know how you do sometimes in your mind, it's super late. You're catching a red eye. And I was just thinking, where did this year go? I mean, it just, it just goes by so fast. I've never seen like it. The NFL football season, as long as it is, goes by so fast, doesn't it? It does. And it's, it's funny. I, I think that football in general, NFL and college, um, especially NFL with how year-round it is, the buildup and the anticipation of the season seems like it's lasting forever. And then the season goes by like this. And listen, you're talking about 18 weeks, four and a half months, basically, um, and 17 games, but they just, they fly by. And next thing you know, you're you're sitting here like we are in January and you're talking about, you know, breaking down the road to the Super Bowl. I was talking yesterday with a um, a significant NFL player, and we were just talking about, you know, how fast the season's over or whatever. And and he mentioned to me, uh, well, actually, I mentioned to him, I said, you know, would you like to see more games added? And he said, yeah, I would like to see, let's just get rid of preseason games and just add three more games. He goes, but to do that, you've got to expand the roster. We can't add any more without a bigger roster. And he goes, it's just it's just too physically demanding. He goes, if you made the three preseason games, regular season games, and you expanded the roster instead, let's say from 53 to 60 or even 63, he said, and just made all the practice squad guys part of the team every week. He said, I, I would. He goes, but no more than that. It's just, he goes, it's just too physically demanding. And I agree with him, by the way. But here was my thought that got me thinking on the airplane last night. I think one of the reasons Christmas is such a popular holiday is that it's only once a year. <laughs> Excuse me. It's only once a year. So there's that huge anticipation. And then it seems like Christmas is over. I do I don't – I'm not a baseball fan. I used to be, you know, grew up in Michigan, Sparky Anderson, you know, the Tigers, all of that. But baseball lost me. Baseball moved away from me. And so I, they lost me. But I, I – too much more than maybe taking away the preseason games, I think football's in danger of saturating too much, right or wrong. Uh, you know, I don't know, because I just think that the league is so popular. We talk about it now uh, all the time on here, how it's just it's a year round entity and it goes right from the regular season to simultaneously the postseason for 14 teams right now. But it's also the coaching carousel for the 18, the 18 teams that didn't make the playoffs. 
for some of them, not all of them are looking for head coach, but some are looking for coordinators, things like that. It's draft season for some of those teams already as fans are starting to talk about mocks and all those type of things and who they can pick. Um, pretty soon it'll be the combine. It'll be everything else. So, you know, I I don't know. I think the NFL's got a pretty good thing going for it. I think that the fa- people that are fans of football really like the um, – you know, really like what's what football has to offer, and they are, you know, they're not complaining. So let me throw this to you in a different angle. Then I was talking to Warren Spahn, obviously no longer with us, but the tremendous Hall of Fame baseball pitcher once, and uh, we were talking about baseball and professional baseball, and and I had mentioned to him at that point I hadn't completely turned my back on baseball but I was headed in that direction and he talked about when he was coming up as a pitcher there was none of this pitch count there was none of this you know okay I'm, I'm going to take you out because you can't finish a game you were given the baseball and you were told go pitch he goes go back and look at how many innings we pitched or how many pitches we threw compared to modern day and he made a, a statement, and this is where I'm going with this, that stats today, now this was several years ago, but still aren't like they used to be because there was a lot less teams. So there are a lot of guys who back in his day would be in the minor leagues that are stars allegedly now, and it's diluted the thing. My, my whole concern is, Take away the three preseason games and make them regular season. I'm fine with that. If that's what the players and everybody agree on, let's do 20 games but no preseason. But expanding more than that, I think there's a there, there's a, a chance of diluting the product. Do you still say no bueno on that? You don't agree? No, I, I that I agree with. I think diluting the interest is where I disagree. I think the interest will be there regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you I dilute the product. The product, <laughs> it, the product. Yes, I think because even with this extra game added now and the reduction of preseason, I think you see the the first month or so of the season gets a little sloppy, and right. the product is a it was is a little shaky early on. So I think you would see that the interest level. I don't know if there's anything the NFL could do to dilute its interest level, um, but the product, yes, like that, I would agree. with. I had an NFL general manager once tell me this, and I, I I think it's brilliant. I never thought of it. He said there are eight teams in the NFL every year who are 100% convinced they've got their quarterback to go in a Super Bowl. Then there are eight teams that are hoping they've got that quarterback to go get them to the Super Bowl. Then there are 16 teams – Looking for one of those 16. I thought right. that was brilliant analysis. And if you, and this is where I'm concerned about. Don't add any more teams because there's already at least half, if not more, that have quarterbacks that shouldn't even be on an NFL team. And if you keep adding teams, you're going to dilute the thing until stats no longer matter. Right. And you look at this year, there was a lot of injuries and a lot of quarterback injuries we saw this mm-hmm. year, which is – the last thing that the league wants. I mean, you look at how many big name QBs uh, or, you know, quality starting quarterbacks missed, excuse me, significant time this year, whether it was Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, 
Um, you know, I know I'm missing some some others for sure, but they there was just a ton of injuries uh, at the QB position, which is the last place the league wants guys getting hurt because they really control more so than anybody else the quality of the product of the field. Um, sure do. So yeah, I think that it, that that's where it would become problematic if if the league expanded too much. Yeah, and you want to know something? So T.J. Duckett, who you know, the first round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. Big monster running back, part of my family now, so I'm a little bit biased. I love the guy, but ran a 4-4-4-3-40, and I'll never forget, I was talking to him after, I think it was after his rookie season, may have been after his sophomore year, but in the NFL, his second year, and I asked him, what's the biggest jump from college to the NFL? And he said, I'll never forget it. First day, tackling in training camp. Rookie season, I take the ball, I go on a sweep, and I got tackled. And I looked around, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the story a little bit different, just for the sake of keeping it clean. And he goes, I, I turned around, who tackled me? And here's a defensive lineman. He goes, I had never been tackled, been caught by a defensive lineman. Obviously, going up the middle, he'd been tackled. He goes, and I realized, man, at this level everybody's fast. And I, I'm just, I don't want them to dilute the product. I love the NFL. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I loved college football, but college football now has turned itself into the pros. So if I'm going to turn it, I still like it, but not like I used to. And, and I'm, I'm, I love the NFL. I just love it. All right. Let's go to the, to the Raiders now. A lot to talk about here. Um, as you saw, I, I put the story out last night. I was talking to a Giants executive that said if the Raiders don't hire AP, he'd be right on near the top of a list for the D.C. and with the Giants. Um, Antonio Pierce, tremendous football coach, extremely smart. Very, I laugh that people talk about him not being, you know, all X's and O's. I've made the comment. Your head coach doesn't have to be Mr. X's and O, meaning breaking down an offense, breaking down a defense. But this man knows the game as good as anybody. He gets it. He understands it. He may not know all the X's and O's about offense, but for all those years on defense, he knows what offenses look like. And even though he's a defensive coach, that's just foolishness. He's very smart. He gets the game. He's a he's a he's a film hawk. Talk about the job you think he did finishing five and four and the job you think he did as the interim coach of the Raiders. Well, I think that we've talked about it all the time on here. And I, I think he's done enough, at least looking at it from an outside perspective and from a big picture perspective. I think he did enough to earn a look as the, the permanent guy. And I thought that I've, I'd be consistent with saying this. I think that when you look at what happened two years ago, when Mark Davis didn't hire Rich Passaccia, who had a lot of support among Raider fans and Raider players, and he went out, he, he, you know, hitched his wagon to Josh McDaniels and it didn't work out. Now you put yourself in a position where you have to nail this hire, period. If you go away from the popular interim head coach and you bring in an outsider, whether it's, you know, you talked about last week, Jim Harbaugh, we both talked about. You talked about if he ever went back to John Gruden, if it was a possibility, or anything like that. If you bring in a guy like that, it had better work out, and it had better work out 
res- resoundingly and pretty quickly as well because Antonio Pierce, I think, listen, has he? Is there stuff he's still got to learn? I'm sure. Yes, you know, you don't you don't know everything you know as NFL head coach through nine games. Whether either nine games is the permanent head coach or the interim head coach, but he does. He did show a lot. I think he's a significant supporter of his players. He got his guys to buy in and believe and play hard. Um, at, like you mentioned with the Giants at the beginning of the segment, um, I would uh, I would definitely be interested in seeing him interview or be a candidate for the Giants' D.C. job if the Raiders don't hire him because I think that he would bring a lot to the table. Um, he doesn't have the D.C. experience that Wink Martindale had, obviously, but he does have that – Defensive now is that intensity, that accountability that he bring, which would which would be interesting. He was and a he, coordinator at Arizona State. He was a coordinator, right? But that NFL experience. I mean, when right, done right. it, right? No, you're so, absolutely right. But um, he's done it before, like you said, and he does bring that element of I've been a pro in New York. I've won a Super Bowl in New York. Uh, it it would be you know it would win the PR. It, it would be an exciting hire for Giants fans, definitely. But I think he deserves a shot, in Vegas. Full time. And if you bring him into New York, you've got your next coach. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is a no brainer for the Raiders. But if the Raiders somehow, Mark Davis decides, I want to do something else, it's his team, do whatever he wants. He doesn't need my opinion, he doesn't care what I think. If I'm the Giants, I have a jet waiting in Vegas. The moment, my moment, Mark Davis says you're not the guy. There. If I'm the if I'm the Giants, I make the move now, and just go make him your head coach. But I get it. Total sense. So let's talk about the Raiders in general. You look at all of the weapons, and there's a lot of them. Michael Mayer, really an emerging tight end. You got Colton Miller, who's very, very good offensive lineman. Dylan Parham's a very, very good offensive lineman. They've got, a, they've got an offensive line that's not terrible in the least bit. Um, are they elite? All of them as a unit? No. I mean, Greg Van Roten played so well, but he's older. He's at the end of his career. I know they would like to go a little. But would they like to upgrade? Yes. But still, you've got a couple of stars and Parham and Colton Miller. Um, You you obviously have Devontae under contract, Jacoby Myers under contract. Um, I anticipate Hunter Renfro probably moving on. Josh Jacobs, if um, AP doesn't get the job, I expect him to move on. But, you know, they got Zamir White, who looks phenomenal coming along. Go to the other side of the ball. You got Robert Spillane, who got robbed. Should have been an all-pro. Um, he got robbed, but he's a linebacker. He's he's great. Divine Diablo's a guy coming, um, getting better all the time. Koontz and Crosby are there. You got some really good interior defensive linemen. You know, you look at a Nate Hobbs. You look at a Jack Jones. Look at the youth in the secondary. They're coming. Patrick Graham, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, you know, he'd be there with AP. There's a lot on this team. This is not a rebuild, regardless of who the coach is. It's not a rebuild, in my opinion. you got the best punter, the best kicker, got a terrific long snapper. You're solid on defense, solid on special teams, and um, a lot of weapons to become solid on offense. Where am I wrong? 
No, I agree. I think that next year, especially when you look at improving by two games this year from 2022, eight and nine, um, you know, I think that the possibility is there for a 10 and seven season or, or better next year to be in the hunt for the playoffs. I think that, you know, with the right hire, the right offseason moves and development, this can be a playoff team next year. Um, you know, it's not, it's not, obviously, like you said, it's, it's not a tear down. It's not a rebuild. There's some pieces in place. And, you know, I, I mean, the only, the only thing I could see them doing in terms of a rebuilding move, rebuilding type move is like you said, if the Jets are willing to offer an exorbitant amount for Devontae Adams, you might have to take it as good as he is just because it would be too good to pass up. But if they don't, then you still have one of the best receivers in football on your roster next year. Um, obviously, the quarterback position needs to be shaken out. Are you going Aiden O'Connell as your starter? Are you going to take a guy this year in the draft? Are you going to do something else at the position? Um, you'll see. But I think that there's enough talent on the roster, and it's, the roster has shown enough this year in the second half of the season under Antonio Pierce to say that, okay, regardless of who the head coach is next year, there's a possible playoff team in the mix here. I'm going to tell you, Matt, if they – move away from um, AP. And I don't care who the coach is. It can be Gruden. It could be Harbaugh, whomever. And, and let's make no mistake. It's a, it's a two-horse race. If there is a third candidate, it would be John Gruden. But it's a two-horse race. It's Harbaugh or AP. They're going to be an element of rebuild. That's just... And, and, and that's not a slam on Gruden or Harbaugh. You're going to come in with your system, what you right. want to do. That that I've had someone say to me, are, are you, it's almost like it sounds like you're trying to threaten the Raiders. I'm not trying to threaten the Raiders. That's a reality. Anytime, this is what I said when Rich Versace was there. And you may remember, I asked Mark Davis, is this a rebuild? No. Okay. Because... I, I said at the time that anytime you bring in a new coaches, there's going to be an element of a rebuild. I, I'm going to say this to you, Matt. These fans, and you remember because you and I have been friends for nearly two decades, a decade and a half. I told you when I came out here, I'm, I'm really anxious to kind of get to know this fan base. I heard a lot about them. I know them now. I know them now. And I'm out in the parking lots when they're tailgating. I'm talking to them. I'm interacting with them. Their their reputation is so unfair. They don't care. They're they're glad that people think they're a bunch of thugs. And and, and, and but it's just you could be out in there. This is the funny thing I've learned about these people. They don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. They don't care what color you are. They don't care about your gender. They don't care about anything else. Are you silver and black? That's all. That's all they care about. And you can go find a rich doctor and a guy on Social Security that disagree on everything, hanging out with each other, having a drink, eating a, a rib. I mean, it's just amazing. They deserve better 
than what their franchise has given them. They deserve better than what the Raiders have done for them. And the Raiders' motto that they sell is just win, baby. You've had two coaches that took you to the playoffs. You fired them both. Let's talk about the fans' perspective. This is one of the best fan bases in all of professional sports, and they deserve better. They don't deserve to go through another rebuild. Am I right or wrong? It's a really loyal fan base, uh, like you said. It's a fan base that is is with the organization, with the team, through thick and thin. Um, I see it every week just by looking on the, you know, your Facebook page for Raider Nation. Uh, you know what people are saying, and they're they're silver and black through and through. But they're getting frustrated. You know, this is now two decades of kind of instability and a lot of losing and and, and no real vision. And, and consistent foundation. So I think that's what the Raiders are looking for. They're looking to kind of get back to, you know, what they had, obviously. Now, they haven't won a Super Bowl in 40 years, but if you look at the two decades from 84 after the, the last Super Bowl through the 2002 season, so a little less than two decades, they had experienced some success. In the back half of the 80s, they were in the playoffs uh, multiple times in the 90s they had a few playoff appearances and you know there were a couple of scenes where they missed the playoffs but they were you know 500 nine and seven they were in the mix uh, things really didn't start to fall apart until 2003 after the Super Bowl lost to Tampa Bay um and I think that the fans they deserve better any fan base that's dealt with that kind of long-standing ineptitude or, or struggles, is going to get frustrated and, and deserves better. And I think the Raiders, especially when you look at how loyal and how passionate and how just expansive the fan base is, because it goes from coast to coast and and in foreign countries too. Around the world. Yeah. It's it's a fan base that's deserving of a, a consistent product, a consistent, consistent good product, a consistent winner. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, I want to go in a little bit of a different direction, still talking Raiders. Oh, by the way, I got to tell you. So I'm out in the parking lots at the tailgates on uh, Sunday. And I had this guy come up to me, and, and I, I, I don't remember his name. It was Raider something because everybody's Raider something. And, and super nice guy, older guy. And I wish I could remember his name. I'm sorry. But – Walks up to me and he goes, I love your podcast. And I said, thank you. He goes, watch it every week. I said, thank you. He goes, I want to describe Raider Nation to you. I'm like, okay. All right. So here's, he's probably five foot six. So obviously standing next to me. <laughs> and I go, okay, but he's super intense, man. I was so funny. He goes, we're like that lady that's the best wife in the world. Okay. And all her idiot husband does is cheat on her. All right. And we still stay faithful. And I'm like, wow. And then he mentioned a Denzel Washington movie, which I didn't I don't remember which one it was, but evidently there's a scene in the movie where his wife basically says, you know, you've been a cheater and you've been on he goes, and, and Denzel's wife's telling him, you're a cheater, you're this, but I've always stayed faithful to you. I, I don't know what movie that was, and I've watched, I, I think I've seen every Denzel Washington movie, so I don't, but that's what he said, so I'm telling you. He goes, 
we're them. You've cheated on us. You do, 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 do. But guess what? We're here. I, I'm here through Josh McDaniels. I mean, it was just, he was so intense. It was just awesome. And, and that's them, Matt. I mean, they are just faithful. They're faithful. They are. And you got to give it to them. And I, and I, I think it's something that's generational because I think it's yeah. something that's passed down from father to son and mother to son and father, daughter, mother, daughter. It's, it's, you know, grandfathers, uncles, everything, it's its extended from one generation to the next because, you know, I, I know even out on the, the East Coast by me, some of my friends who are Raider fans are second or third generation. Their dads yep. were Raider fans. Their grandparents were Raider fans. So they have that connection too. So, you know, or, you know, they're going to pass it down to their kids. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's something that definitely has – you know, it, it's a special it's in their bond. blood. It's in their blood. It's in yes. their blood. You know, there are some people that are fans. Like, I'll give you an example. I've got a ton of relatives being from Michigan who are Lion fans. Okay? And they'll wear the clothing or whatever. But if the Lions win or lose, who cares? Okay? If, if, if the, when they're rooting for the Super Bowl, it's, Okay, yeah, I'm going to root for Green Bay, or I'm going to root for Chicago, or I'm going to root for whomever in the Super Bowl. Okay, Raider fan, who you root for? Nobody. I'm going to watch it because I love football. <laughs> but it, no, I take that back. If Kansas City, Denver, or the Chargers are playing, they're rooting for whoever's playing them. Right. Or if New England's playing, they're rooting at who's ever playing them. But I mean, for the most part, no, don't root for anyone else. I'm a Raider, man. I just, I love it. And it's so much that my wife, after the game, you're going to appreciate this one because you and I haven't had a chance to talk. My wife texts me either right after the game or just at the end and says, screw it. I know you're not a fan. That's your job. You're neutral. I am, and I'm raising Dexter a Raider fan. I mean, <laughs> they got her. They got her, Matt. <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. I just think it's special. I think it's special. All right. I want to go to Aiden O'Connell. This is a young man that finishes second highest rookie quarterback. Um, I think in his last, I mean, multiple games, uh, I think in the last four games, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, he just, where there's some lacks, yep, but he's also a rookie. Um, he, I, You know, because you've known me a long time, and I'm not going to, change who I am. I like my quarterback to have a little bit of mobility. I think he could develop that because I've seen him at times, especially at Purdue, where he had a little bit. He didn't use it at all. But he protects the football. He got better. He made wise decisions. And I don't think you've seen enough to say he's the next Ken Stabler. But I also don't think you've seen enough to say he's not. I, I think he's developed. He's developing, but I think there's a lot of reasons. Now, I'm still going to go get a quarterback in the draft and let them compete because I think you want that. Competition's good for everybody. But I like this kid. I know this. Off the record, I've not heard one player say, oh, we got to get another quarterback. Off the record, and I talked to a lot. Man, I'll tell you what, I think he I think he could be special. I think he could do this. He's got the cannon of the arm. I think you get him with somebody that can develop him. You give him an OTAs, mini camps, training camps with a new scheme. 
I think there's a lot. Again, I still go get a quarterback and let them compete. But I think this kid has a lot of upside, and I am in no way willing to say he's the next Kenny Stabler, but I'm in no way willing to throw him away. I think, first of all, I like him personally, but he is a a kid I think he's got a lot of potential. Your thoughts as an outsider on Aiden? I thought he acquitted himself really well this year, um, getting thrown into the fire midseason and, you know, kind of a team that was struggling, and, and now, now you're the guy. I think at the very least – He's shown he has a future in the league. The Raiders still have to determine what that future is. Is it as a high-end kind of backup, cheap backup now for the next couple of seasons? Do they think they can make him a quality starting quarterback? If he's a quality starting quarterback, is he one of those guys that you hope you can win a Super Bowl with? Or is he eventually one of those guys that you, you can win a Super Bowl with? Great um, point. You know, you got to – that's to be determined. I agree with you. I think unless Antonio Pierce or Antonio, unless Antonio Pierce is the head coach and he's really sold with Aiden O'Connell, I would bring in another quarterback in the offseason. Um, I'm assuming that if it's Jim Harbaugh or if it's John Gruden somehow that they would want to bring another quarterback because they're going to look to bring in their own guy or have some type of competition at the position. So I think that what you found is you have an asset. It's just a matter of how much is that asset going to grow and what's it, what is its peak value and end value going to be? You know, one of the things is I think Aiden O'Connell would bring in another quarterback because you have Brian Hoyer, who's older. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Aiden O'Connell would bring in another quarterback. He's extremely comfortable in his own skin. I, I think you got to bring them in because you always want competition. Now, guess what? I'm one of these guys. You're drafting a quarterback every year trying to always have competition, looking because the quarterback position is too important to not have competition, and, and it's hard for guys to go a whole season without getting injured. But, again, I, 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 I hear people say, oh, he sucks, he's terrible. Really? Now, I want to go to AP because I want to talk about Something in his leadership style that I don't think is getting any attention. And now, in fairness, I'm not watching other podcasts or reading a whole lot of other stuff. So there may be people talking about it that I'm unaware of. So he goes to them and says, listen, we didn't have OTAs. We didn't have mini camps. We didn't have training camps. We got here after the trading deadline. And oh, by the way, we're short two offensive coaches because we let Mick Lombardi and Josh McDaniels go. We have to throw out a bunch of the playbook because we don't have the personnel. We didn't even know it when Josh was here. We're going to play physical defense. We're going to be a really good defense. We're going to run the ball. We're not going to ask Aiden to go throw for 500 yards to beat people, but we're going to ask him not to hurt us. Don't throw the interceptions. Don't make those kind of mistakes. And we're going to go play that kind of football. He's got the cannon, so he can go downfield. He's got the arm. And so people will say, well, look at he, you know, yeah, he had a QB rating of 110, but he only had 220 yards. Yep, but two TDs and no interceptions. I thought it was brilliant when people say, yeah, but he didn't do this. Well, that wasn't what he was asked to do. He was asked, don't lose us the game if, if it's third and 12. Now, listen, I hate it 
when it's third and seven and you throw the ball six yards. I hate it when it's third and five and you throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I get it. But their belief was our defense is good. They're not going to score more than twice a game on us. So go ahead, do the safe one. Third and 12, we pick up five. We'll punt it. Our defense will stop them. We're going to flip the field. You may disagree with that philosophy, but it worked for the Raiders. They finished five and four. It worked with their young quarterback. <clears throat> I think it's an underrated X's and O's part of AP that said, listen, our motto is just not just win, baby. It, it's, it's just win, baby. It's not just look sexy. The motto of the Raiders is just win. We just won. Your thoughts on that? I think it's smart whenever you're breaking in a new quarterback, particularly a rookie, to kind of play to their strengths and not ask them to do something they're not comfortable with right away. Um, and I think that that's what, you know, good coaching is executing and doing exactly what you just said. I think the Raiders' defense was its strong point all year long. It was its strong point before Josh McDaniels got fired. It was a strong point throughout Antonio Pierce's nine games. So I think leaning on that defense and trying to win with that defense was the way to go. I mean, now, can you expect multiple defensive touchdowns every week? No, they got it a couple of weeks in a row with the, the Chargers and Chiefs games. But, you know, next year, you, you, you know, you have to become a little bit more explosive offensively and put some more points on the board. But this year, I think it was the, the way to go. I think it was a, a sound strategy. And I think it worked for the most part. You're looking talking about a team that went five and four, <clears throat> excuse me, picked up a couple of really nice wins down the stretch. And even some of the losses uh, towards the end of the year, they were right in each game. I mean, the only loss I think that he had that was ugly was just because it was a three-nothing game, was that Viking game. They couldn't get anything going. Um, but you know, I mean, it was, a, they could have beaten the Colts, uh, in week 17. Uh, they played the chiefs tough in the game. They lost to them in Vegas. Um, you know, they played, they were in it for a little bit with Miami too, down there. So I think that it, it overall it was something that worked. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, all right. So let's, let's go in a different direction now. Harbaugh, no question, tremendous football coach, wins everywhere he's at, everywhere he goes. <clears throat> and I, I I, think that whoever they hire, if you get Harbaugh or you get Antonio Pierce, you're getting a great coach. Great coach. I mean, I, I don't – one of them I, – I said this the other day. If I am any one of the 31 teams not named the Las Vegas Raiders – Harbaugh's number one on my list. Now, I'm going to have some issues with Jim that I'm going to want to talk to him about as far as the process of how he does things. But I'm, he's top of my list to talk to. And no one here, at least on, on my staff, is making it sound like Harbaugh's not a good coach or wouldn't be a viable option. But to me, for the Raiders, where they're at, where they've been at, the entire totality – what he's done, there's. it's just as clear, nobody other than AP. But it's hard to say somebody's going wrong with a Harbaugh. Your thoughts on Harbaugh in the NFL? I, I think that overall the gist of what you said is kind of where I'm at. I think that 
to me, this is a guy, like you said, he's won. He's either won a championship or competed for championships every single place he's been. He turns every place around. And I think you know what you're going to get. Um, I think I'm expecting him to make the jump back to the NFL. I think that he's coming off a national championship at Michigan. He's a god in Ann Arbor for the rest of his life and, and beyond because he delivered that the title, what he was asked to do and expected to do when they hired. In the NFL, I think where he, I think he'll be successful no matter where he goes in the NFL. The question is, like, is with the Raiders, if they're swinging big, and I do think he's the biggest swing you can take, and I think it would likely work out, at least in terms of you'd have some winning seasons, you better hit a home run because Antonio Pierce has shown – in an, on an interim basis, yes, but he's shown some aptitude for the position. He's shown kind of a he, – he fits in with the Raider ethos, the Raider organization. The players love him. The fans love him. So if you're going to go away from that, you had better be 100% sure that, you know, the guy you're getting is going to be a success. I think that Jim Harbaugh is by far um, – the the best option out there for for other te for teams to hire uh, <clears throat> it's just a question of is he the right guy for the Raiders? Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, let's quickly talk about the playoffs this weekend because that doesn't stop. Uh, let's start on Saturday uh, where you got the Browns at Houston. I really like Houston. It's at Houston. My only thing is that Browns defense. I love the way Joe Flacco's playing. I'm going to take the Browns. I hope it's Houston, but I'm taking the Browns just because I think Flacco is extremely underrated. I think he's a really good quarterback, really underrated. And I love the Browns defense, and defense wins championships. I'm rooting for Houston. I think it's Cleveland. What do you think? I think the defense from Cleveland travels on the road uh, at Houston. And I know that C.J. Stroud, I love C.J. Stroud. He's unbelievable. One of the best performances by a rookie quarterback I've ever seen uh, this whole season. I do think that the Browns have a little bit of playoff experience with Stefanski and with some of those guys that were around three years ago. Um, it's, it's a different beast when you get into the postseason. I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans won because that's how good D'Amico Ryans and, and C.J. Stroud have been in year one. Amazing. But I, yeah. I think that when you take the Browns' defense and I think that when you take the fact that Joe Flacco has been playing really well and seems to almost have, you know, that magic horseshoe going for him at this point, you know, coming from off his couch to, you know, being a starter again at the NFL level, I think the Browns win that one. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, D'Amico Ryan, look, anybody wants to know what you're getting in AP? D'Amico yeah. Ryan. All right, Dolphins at Kansas City. I've seen both teams on their home field up close and personal this year. Kansas City a couple times. I've watched nine or ten Dolphin games. I've watched uh, probably 12 or 13 Kansas City games. I'm going to be honest just in what I saw with my own eyes, uh, 
Dolphins were more impressive to me. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the game's in Kansas City. I'm going to ride with the Chiefs. I, Chiefs kingdom, their, their fan base at Kansas City is electric. It's going to be playoff time. I expect Kansas City to rise up. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I, quite frankly, would rather see the Dolphins win. I think the Chiefs have played sloppy this year. I've not been impressed. But Andy Reid's the best coach in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know about Kansas City's staying power in these playoffs compared to past years. They really just don't look like the team that they've had. But I think they win this game. Um, I think it's, it's just a matter of – in much of my reasoning for picking them is a matter of location. I think that when you look at the fact this is going to be a Saturday night primetime game at Arrowhead in zero degree weather, literally, I think this forecast is saying it's going to be about zero degrees. Now you got the Dolphins coming in there and, excuse me, the Dolphins are banged up. You know, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Wild didn't finish the regular season. I don't know what they'll be like for, uh, for Saturday. The, just this week, they said the two starter, two starting linebackers, Jerome Baker and Andrew Van Ginkle, are out for the probably the entire playoffs after getting hurt in the finale against the Bills. I think it's a disappointing end to the season for a really fun Dolphins team because they could have won a division at home in Week 18 against Buffalo and had a home playoff game, but I think they go on the road and lose uh, on Saturday to Kansas City. Have you ever been to Arrowhead? I have not. Oh, you just got to go. Got to go to Arrowhead. All right. Then we go to Sunday's game. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, probably the second best coach in the National Football League behind Andy Reid. I love Mike Tomlin. I told you I had a player who played for AP and Mike Tomlin before they were head coaches. I don't know if I would say played for, but played on teams where they coached. Neither one was their position coach, but saw them both that told me AP's Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh heads to Buffalo. I'm riding the Buffalo train. I think this is such a good football team. It's at home. I don't think the weather affects Pittsburgh whatsoever. But I think Buffalo has a shot, a real legitimate shot of getting to the Super Bowl I don't even think this is close. Congratulations to Tomlin getting in. God bless the guy. Great coach. But I'm telling you, flat out, I don't think Pittsburgh has a shot. Let's go with Buffalo. Your thoughts? I think it's close or close-ish, close enough. I think that Mike Tomlin in the defense, even without T.J. Watt, he'll find a way to keep them in the game. But I don't think they win. I, I can't see them winning this game, even with Mason Rudolph having played well down the stretch. The Bills have found something in their last, you know, five weeks after, you know, after that bye. I think they, they've they've gotten some type of mix of, of, of the right mix going. I think that they win this game. And I think they have a legitimate chance of at least getting back to the AFC title game this year. So uh, I, I'm going with the Bills. I, I would be – I wouldn't be shocked. If this game, like I said, if this game is a tighter game than people expect or the, the Steelers hang around, I would be very surprised if they win the game. 
Right. Next, this third Sunday, second Sunday game, Green Bay heads to Dallas. Now, you may remember beginning of the year, I in our predictions, I predicted Green Bay to win the NFC Norris division. Lions did. Uh, I'm a big believer in Jordan Love. Um, several, and I, I said this all before the season, as you know, several of my friends in the NFL, very high on him. You know, he started a little bit slow. I think that was not just him. It was the team, but he's coming on strong. I'm not a buyer in Dallas after Jimmy Johnson, even with Barry Switzer, I, I should say after Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and that group left, I'm not a buyer. Anytime you have expectations of the Cowboys, they fail. They're the they're the ones they're the they're the gorgeous bridesmaid that you're always like, oh man, she's getting married next. Woo, she's giggity, and, and they always look the part, and they don't produce. I think they win this one at home. I think they have the talent and everything to win a Super Bowl, but I they're not going to get there because they're Dallas and they always perennially disappoint. I think Green Bay's coming. I think this game is close. I think this is a one-score game. But Dallas finds a way. I'm sure the refs will help them. But your thoughts, I'm going to ride with Dallas, but don't make the, doesn't don't make that think I'm a Dallas believer. And I still think Green Bay's coming. I think Green Bay, really, the way they close out the season was should have fans excited for the future, especially with Jordan Love and some of those young receivers. Um, I think this is a game – that Dallas wins. I think this is a game that's kind of, you know, I, I've said the same thing about Dallas. I think everybody recognizes they have an immense amount of talent and they could probably enough talent to, to at least play in the Super Bowl. But they never seem to put it together when it, they have to. However, they have shown in the playoffs they can win these games that they're ex- the first round games that they're expected to win. Like last year, they did it. Um, they did it a few years ago when they beat Seattle at home. Um, I, I think this is a game that they are expected to win. They typically played very well at home this year. I think they win the game. I, I just don't know about what is coming up next for Dallas. I think a lot of it depends on who, who they're playing in round two. Because if they win on Sunday um, and they're playing – you know, let's say the let's say they're playing the Eagles in round two, or the or the Bucks in round two, because because um, the Rams upset Detroit. Dallas could be in an NFC title game, but if they're yep. playing, yep. you know, it all depends on matchups for them. But I do think they, they went on Sunday. My wife just handed me this note. I think the term you're looking for is always a bridesmaid, never a never bride. A bride. <laughs> but she said, and then she said, but don't forget to tell the people, Raider. I'm not <laughs> saying that. That was my wife saying, letting everyone know she's a Raider fan. Oh, my God, that's kind of funny, isn't it? That's awesome. That's She's dedicated. She's into it. She's in. I'm, I'm telling you, man, she's all in. Oh, so, well, we're going to finish with that. We're going to come back. I got some more Raiders stuff to talk to you about. Rams at Lions. Now, a few weeks ago, I told you, wouldn't that just be like how the NFL works out if the Lions and the Rams end up playing in the playoffs in Detroit last game on Sunday? Now, I'm going to be up near the Canadian border, way up near Canada, uh, on a hunting trip. I, I've been asked if I want to go cover the game. 
I can't. This was my wife's wedding present. I mean, my wife's Christmas present. If the Raiders weren't in the playoffs, she wanted to go on a hunting trip. She wanted a new rifle and to go on a hunting trip. So I would love to see Detroit go, and I'm not a fan. Because I grew up one, so many friends and family. But I have friends and family in both organizations, both as players, both in whatever. I just can't get behind the Lions. I, I just can't do it. I, I, I Years ago, you may remember, they started out when Rod Marinelli was coach. I think they started out 3-1 and one or something like that, or 5-2. and two. And Mike Furry, who ended up being the NFL's leading receiver that yeah, year, still yeah. remains one of my great friends. You know, the, the wide receiver coach for the Bears. Still remind him and Cor and his wife are some of our closest friends. Um, He walks in the locker room. He goes, Take that media, what curse? And then the season collapses. And I'll never forget after the year we were having dinner and we still talk all the time. And he says to me, I, I almost think this curse stuff is real and I don't believe in curses. He goes, it's just, it's the lions. He goes, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm, I love Matthew Stabbard, him and Kelly. Uh, I'm friends with, let's just say I got, I got, a lot of friends on the Rams teams, players that I'm very close with, you know, come up and see us in Vegas. We go out to eat at the casinos and have fun. My wife loves them. And so I'm picking the Rams on this because I just don't have faith in the Lions. I love Dan Campbell. I think it's a great roster, all of it. I'm just riding with the Rams. This is going to get me in so much trouble with the family, but I'm riding with the Rams. What do you think? I think if the Lions were hosting the Packers, a team in yes. their division that they'd beaten, or um, Dallas, that they're better than, I think. It, I think if the Lions were hosting even the Eagles, a team that's been just falling apart the last six weeks, I would be picking the Lions to win this game. I think they can still beat the Rams. I do too. But I think that the Rams, to me, are a scary team in these playoffs with the way Matthew Stafford has been playing, with the way Sean McVay has kind of found the, a, a rhythm here and the, the way they're, they're playing offensive football. This is a Rams team. If they could, they could get past um, – if they get past the Lions and say, you know, they're playing uh, – say they're playing San Francisco, they could put a scare into San Francisco, I think, in – the you know the sec the second round of the playoffs, um, I think it's going to be an awesome game Sunday. I, I think it's a one score game. I think the atmosphere in Detroit at Ford Field gonna is going to be incredible. It's going to be just awesome, just an unbelievable playoff atmosphere. I would like to see the Lions win. I think the Rams win. I would too. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I I don't know if you heard. I I said the term lit. This is but a new did. word I've learned. Yeah. Have, you're a little bit younger than me, but do you know that term lit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Just making sure. I <laughs> I get mocked all the time because I'm not real good on what these how these modern kids talk. Like now they say 100, which means I agree with you, or yeah. facts, which means I agree facts. with you. Remember, yes. when I was a kid, if you said, oh, man, you're cold, that was an insult. Now, whatever. All right. <laughs> now we move to Monday Night Football. My generation, if you're wondering, it's Howard Cosell, Chris Berman. Monday. 
football. Okay. Philly at Tampa. I don't think there's any doubt Baker Mayfield is the comeback player of the year. If you matter of fact, I was going to put a tweet out the other day. Who is NFL playoff NFL comeback player of the year? And why did it take you so long to type Baker Mayfield? I know so many people that know him. Um, I, I've met him several times, but I wouldn't say I know him who love him. He's grown up. He's great. But I'm telling you, Philly's got a lot of talent. They're they're reeling. But I just think Philly finds a way to go on the road, get the win. I'm riding with the – I would love to see Tampa win. And we're up against the time clock, so we got to hurry a little bit. But I'm riding with the Eagles. Your thoughts? Yeah, Philly has been reeling. They've looked awful the last six weeks. Nothing like what we've expected of them. And I think the, the Bucs have a shot in this game, unlike last year when I really felt like they were on fumes and couldn't beat Dallas and they got blown out. But I think Philly finds it, puts it together just enough for one week, and they win this game. But I don't think they're long for the playoffs. All right. So very quickly, we got to end with this. AP's press conference yesterday. He is – he's all Raider. Okay, you got to love his passion. And he's in the press room, and you know one of the press room things is we don't cheer. And matter of fact, they say before every game, this is a press box. Anyone cheering in here gets kicked out. It's just, it's not what we do. Doesn't mean we're bad. Just means that's what you're not, you're, you're not, you know, Zeke Trezvan, who works for me as a fan, nothing wrong with that, but you don't cheer. And he does the right like my wife just did. <laughs> and one person who can be a fan, she works for the team, yells it back. And it was fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. He goes, we got to work on that. I thought it was great. But was there any better way for him to end his press conference than that? No, and I think it's, like you said, he fits in with the culture. He's embraced everything about the Raiders. And I think he would be a tremendous hire if they choose to give him the permanent gig. I agree with you, 100%. All right, listen, you know I love you. You know I care about you. Can't wait to be back here talking with you next week. Uh, he is the great Matt Holetic from thespun.com. Remember, follow me on IG at HondoSR. Follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at uh, Hondo Carpenter. Also, checking out all of our articles at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Raiders. Also, when you're there, upper right-hand corner, click on the newsletter. You'll never miss another one of our big stories. I've got a uh, series of articles. My next deep dive, and Matt, you know a little bit about them. Uh, it's going to be, there's so much information. It's going to be probably three days. Now, Matt, without breaking anything, because we want a little bit of suspense, are people not going to be riveted by these next sets of deep dives? They'll be very, very intrigued. I, I know I am. It's going to get a lot of national attention. Would you agree with that? I think so, yes. Yeah, it's going to be powerful. So those are coming. Never miss anything again. Sign up for that newsletter, 100% free. We don't sell your content. But three days a week, we'll send you an email with all of our best stories so you never miss anything great again. Thank you, everybody. Remember, I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. This guy is Matt Holadic. He is the editor and publisher of thespun.com. Put it in your favorites. Check it out every day. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa. 